everybody, and welcome to BelieverMarketing.com. I'm your host, Raul Meza, and I am here to host an amazing program where we as believers can get together and talk about our second passion, which is marketing. You see, I've been doing online marketing for over 15 years. I also have a marketing company, ProMeza, and uh, we focus on the Hispanic faith-based community. Um, and like many of you, I've been to a lot of marketing conferences throughout the world, actually, and I've met some amazing people, some real knowledgeable people, and I've learned so many great things. Um, however, I noticed that sometimes the way they approach business or some of the tactics that they use don't necessarily align with the kind of person I am. And I know I know there's a lot of marketers out there who are Christian. You're out there. I know you are. And we just need a place to gather and talk and share, right? Especially because most of us are working with the gospel and the message. And we need to be effective and reach those people. So we need to get together and help each other. And that's one of the reasons I created this. Um, I own Promesa a Marketing Group, Promesa.com. Our focus is the Hispanic faith-based community. We work mostly on the West Coast, especially California, with a high focus on Hispanic Christian music. Um, yes, it's, we also manage some artists. We manage a couple of the top Hispanic artists in the world, uh, Tercer Cielo for one of them. Uh, we also help a lot of well-known uh, ministries that I'm not going to name, but uh, we also do uh, our local, right? Because we help our local church, our local real estate agent, our local plumber, local people who want to do things, you know, via the Bible. They want to work with the same ethics that God has given us. And those are the companies that we enjoy helping. Now, there's a lot of you who are really good at what you do and you're a Christian, right? So it's about time we got together and shared and helped. Now, either you've given the message, a special message to deliver, and or you've been called to help someone else deliver that message, then this is a good spot on how to learn and achieve that. And that's one of the reasons I created BelieverMarketing.com. We just need another place to get together and learn as believers, right? And uh, we want to help you if you're a Christian and maybe you have a business. It doesn't have to be a faith-based business. Maybe you're a dentist, right? Um, well, and you want to know how to market it and how to drive traffic and how to get those leads. Well, we're going to help you with that. Or maybe you own or a grocery store, a restaurant. I don't know. Whatever the passion is, the truth is they all need to be marketed. And uh, that's something we're going to hopefully help you with here. Um, so we're going to create all these episodes to talk about different topics and different subjects that exist within the current market, especially because things change so fast, right? Things that were working a few years ago don't necessarily work now. One of the things, uh, one of the angles that I'm always going to come with or from is that we're building long-term businesses. So I don't focus too much on the quick hacks, on the quick, get quick rich. If that's you, I'm sorry. A lot of the stuff we're going to share actually requires work. It actually works. And in the long run, it's going to give you freedom. Yes, you can actually work full-time from home making great money uh, and get the freedom to be that dad, that mom that you're supposed to be for your kids, give you freedom to be able to serve in church like you want, give you freedom to bless people, right? Um, because, yes, our cup 
is full. In fact, our cup runneth over, says the word. And that's what I want it to be in every area of my life. And if you want it to be in every area of your life, then we got to do the extra mile. There's no traffic in the extra mile. We have to go the extra mile, but we have to work smart on how we do it. So we're going to cover a lot of that and how to accomplish and how to build a long-term business online or simply how to help market uh, whatever current business you're doing. So if you're new, fantastic. You could learn the good habits and start there. You don't have to unlearn things. If you're experienced, fantastic. I could learn from you. There's a few things that I'm sure you'll be able to share. Maybe a lot of things you'll be able to share that I can learn from you. So we're hoping um, to create that community here. So check back with us frequently. Um, this is serious though. Okay, we're going to have a great time. We're going to fellowship together but we're gonna get things done done I'm not one of those people who likes to buy things buy things buy things buy things and never take action um, I find that kind of frustrating actually about people uh, so and I get it I easily get overwhelmed right easily get overwhelmed but I established a system a long time ago where I usually focus on the very next step just the next step so I take action and then the next step take action I'm one of those uh, shoot first <laughs> aim later type of guy um, but I, I found that it works and I'll help you with a lot of the systems I use to get me motivated to get me going to get me effective okay so does that sound fantastic there everybody great so this this was the welcome this is the welcome to the podcast uh, and uh, thank you for joining us so much we're gonna start off by talking about uh, some wisdom that I learned over the years, uh, something that's really impacted my life and that I know can impact yours. It's the turning point in my life. So growing up, I didn't come from much. My parents were uh, immigrants. They immigrated into this country. My mom had a second grade education. My father had a sixth grade education. So I didn't come from much when it comes to financial. They had to work for every dime they had. They had to work hard. They had to skimp and save. And uh, the interesting thing is I didn't grow up thinking I was poor. I knew other people were rich, but I didn't think I was poor. Looking back now, you know, I really saw that we, we didn't have much, but my parents made things work, which I'm really, really grateful for. In fact, when I um, graduated high school, I found out that my dad's expectations for me was that I do not work in a factory like him. His goal was for me to get a high school education so that I could work in an office. Now, lucky for me, he never told me that. So I was hanging around a group of kids who were all going to go to college. So I just assumed that the natural thing to do after graduation is go to college. So I'd done the work. I had sent out my applications. Now, I knew there wasn't any money. So I was um, always trying to get scholarships or I was aiming for the local community college. Well, the day I graduated high school, uh, I got my diploma. I was so excited. My parents were there. And after we all broke into little circles and we ran to meet our parents, I realized my parents weren't there anymore. They had gone home. So my friends came up to me and said, hey, we're going to so-and-so place. I'm like, okay, great. First, I want to run home and just say hi to my parents. So I ran home and my parents were there. They were celebrating me. They were so happy. And I went up to my dad and I gave him my high school degree. I said, here, dad, this is yours. You deserve it. And he said, yes. I worked hard for it too, Sonny. Yes, he was proud. I was so proud of it. And then I said, and you know what, Dad? After this one, there's going to be another degree. And then I was shocked when the next words out of his mouth was, yeah, see, 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 yeah, sure. 
I'm like, what? That kind of sounded like a little disbelief. I'm like, no, no, seriously, Dad, silly. I'm going to college. I'm going to get you another degree. He's like, uh-huh, sure, sure. And then it hit me. It hit me that my dad never expected me to go to college. That just wasn't in the cards for our family. It was a shock. I can say, though, thank God, even though my father didn't have high expectations for me, at least he didn't tell me that. So he did not limit my uh, my rise, right? He did not limit whatever it is I wanted to accomplish. He did not throw negative words into my life. Thank God. He didn't necessarily throw positives or encouragement, right, either, but that's okay because he did not turn off the fire that God had already put inside of me to get ahead, to accomplish more, uh, you know, to, to stand on my father's shoulders. He had accomplished so much, and then it was my job to stand on his shoulders and from there rise. So I'm glad he didn't tell me. My friends started tugging at my shoulder and said, come on, come on, we gotta go to the party. And I'm like, okay, dad, I gotta go, and I left. But I never forgot that. So later on when I had his time, I sat down with my dad and said, dad, um, I understand that you didn't really have it in the plans for me to call it college, but I've already worked everything out, um, and I guess I'm going to go to community college. And then my dad says, look, son, um, we don't have money. Um, but I tell you what, if you can figure out how to go to college, I'll tell you one thing you won't have to worry about. You won't have to worry about shelter. You won't have to worry about food on the table, and you won't have to worry about clothes. I'll continue to provide those. I just can't help you with college. And I said, Dad, that is all I need. That is all I need. If you can do that, I will do the rest. So I went to college. And in college, I started with computer science. And it turned out that it wasn't quite what I thought it was. It wasn't a great match for me. And then I fell into nursing. Who would have thought me become a nurse? But I actually fell into the nursing program, not because I love nursing, because I never thought about that, not because I love healthcare, but because I overheard from a friend's girlfriend, who at the time was studying to be a respiratory therapist, how much money nurses make. And then I thought, wait a minute, you only need two years, you only need an associate's, and you can be a nurse, and you could make how much? And they were telling me how much, and I was like shocked. I'm like, okay. And then when I was in school, I walked into the nursing office with a few questions, and I walked out, signed up. And I hated, hated nursing school every day, every single day. I, it just, I hated it, right? And I was not an A student. I was a C student, to be honest. I was always a C student. And, uh, but an interesting thing happened. There was 26 of us in the class that started. By the time it finished, by the time we graduated, we were down to six. They had, back then, it was when nurses ate their own. So they really weaned you out hard. The school had a really high state board passing rate. So they weaned everybody off. So me, a C student, entered an area where there was a lot of A students. But what happened over time is I wound up becoming a B, then an A student. And those A students wound up becoming B and C students. And what was the difference? The difference was my why. I knew where I came from. I knew I did not come from much. And I was used to fighting. I knew what it was to go in there and have the ads against me, and that required complete focus. It required failing a lot, but learning on every single failure and adding a failure to my library of knowledge, okay? And uh, you know, there's a saying that's very true. It says that a smart man or a smart woman learns from their mistakes, 
but a wise man or a wise woman learns from the mistake of others. So I was always watching and I was always incorporating other people's failures into my knowledge base on what to do differently. So I graduated, six of us, and I was there. I was so happy. My family was so happy. They threw such amazing party for me. They did. And I'm the oldest, right? My mom actually is the oldest, get this, of 17 kids. That's right, you know, they're from Mexico. They had a farm. They needed kids to run the farm. And they didn't have a TV, so there was no other source of entertainment for my grandparents, I guess. So they had a lot of kids. So I, um, my mom and my uh, grandparents, actually, my grandma were uh, pregnant at the same time in the same house. And uh, my... Uh, Two of my aunts and uncles were born on the 4th of July, and then a week later, my younger sister was born. So I'm actually older than three of my aunts and uncles. Um, and uh, so, obviously, I come from a very large family. So in my graduation, there was a lot of people, and I have a lot of nephews, I'm sorry, not nephews, cousins, a lot of cousins, and they were all younger than me. And some of them were like seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, right? And I remember, this is one of the proudest moments, I remember walking through the party and I heard one of my aunts look at my young nephews and say, see your cousin? He's, he graduated college. You guys are also going to college. And that gets me, you know, it gets me a little emotional because um, I broke a ceiling and I never realized that. And sometimes that happens, you know, it's actually very spiritual because they're, uh, they're generational curses, and one of them is definitely poverty. Not just financial poverty, but poverty of the mind. The Bible says that his people perish for lack of knowledge. Um, and then we, we lack knowledge in, in ways that we talk to our children. We not lack knowledge in the way we set up routines, um, in the way we, uh, our approach and our paradigm of looking at things. Um, and all of that gets in the way of growth. Um, and but back then, uh, one of the things was definitely poverty, financial and mental. And I saw how I had raised the ceiling in our family. And since then, we have several other nurses who have graduated. I'm happy to say many who have college degrees, if not 80, 90 percent of them have college degrees. So I'm really, really happy with that. And uh, so, yeah, I became a nurse. I started working straight into critical care. And even to this day, I still I still work as a critical care nurse. So I survived COVID. I'm what's called a rapid response nurse. And I run to all emergencies in the hospital. I'm not going to talk about COVID in this one. That's a, for a whole other uh, area of what I lived during there as a believer. Um, that's on a different note. Um, but, uh, I, I, you know, I still serve as a nurse. And I love it because I'm able to work three days a week. And that gives me four days a week to do what? All my other passions, and one of them is marketing. So I married the love of my life, who I met in Mexico. For seven years, I tried to woo her, and she would always turn me down. That's right, for seven years. You see, she was a believer. And even though my family and I believed in God, I can honestly say that at that time when I met her, I was not born again. I wasn't. She was. She served as the president of her youth. So tell me, the president of the youth who keeps telling people, you know what? But, you know, when you get a boyfriend or girlfriend, they have to be equally yoked. They have to be believers. And, uh, you know, when you preach that and all of a sudden a young man who's not a believer comes and woos you. Well, if you say yes, that doesn't look so good. And my wife was all about that. She understood being with equally yoked. So she said no <laughs> for seven years until finally one day, um, 
I became really good friends with her family, and one day her older brother got married, and they invited me. And I, I was in Chicago, and they lived in Los Angeles, and I flew to L.A. for the wedding. And I was sitting there in church watching them say their vows, and they were so happy that they were crying. And then all, and I saw that that's, that's the happiness that I wanted. And I remember, you know, recalling all these different conversations people had had over the life, all these seeds that were planted in my life, right? Uh, they all came together of the knowledge of God at that moment. And I remember saying, Lord, if that, that happiness that I'm looking at right now, if that's how you pay those who serve you, I want to serve you. And at that moment by myself, I repented of my sins and I accepted Christ in my life. I was here for a week in LA at the time. And that whole week, I was just, literally, the old man died, really. So there was this massive void in me. I was in mourning. I actually felt, actually, after I accepted Christ, yes, I felt a lightness, but I also felt a mourning because the old man had died in me. And I needed, when you have a void, you need to fill it. And at that moment, the only thing that could fill my life was the Word. So I sat there for a week while I was visiting California in my room reading the Word, being hungry. And then by the end of the week, I found a biblical verse that spoke to me about baptism. And that weekend at the church that my then friend, now wife, went to, they were having baptisms. So I went up to them and I said, hey, you guys are having baptisms. What stops me from being baptized today if I've already accepted the Lord? And I got baptized. It was a bit of a surprise when I went back home that after that week and told my family, right? Whole other story about that. But anyway, so my wife has always been a believer. And then a couple years after that, I finally moved to California, properly wooed her. She said yes. And we wound up getting married. It's been uh, about 23 uh, years now, and we have four kids. And that's our life. And uh, since then, we've served in the ministry. My wife has made quite the name for herself. She's very sought after when people come to the West Coast. Um, if they want to reach the, the greater church, uh, we have relationships with literally thousands i know it sounds like a lot but i'm not lying well over a thousand into the thousands of different pastors and churches and when i say relationship i mean they will actually return our call uh when we call and we're talking across different denominations non-denominational versus different denominations we're able to unite them for certain events so you know big organizations will call us um for instance um uh when the the movie the passion came out we were asked to help market that uh here in california to the hispanic faith base um the bible series on the history channel by uh burnett he actually uh invited us to his home and there in his home uh and if you don't know who he is he's also the uh the creator oh my god of shark tank creator of um survivor and all these huge huge shows and uh invited us to his house and believe it or not, that's where I met Rick Warren. I such a guy. He's a big guy. He's careful. Bear hug. Oh, he likes the bear hug. Big guy. I'm not a small guy either, so that was an interesting hug. But I, I got a chance to meet them there along other people and, and do the marketing. So we've had success in this area. So I put all this down there in this first episode just to get you a glimpse of who we are. And uh, and now I want to share some of that knowledge with you guys. We'll be covering different areas in this podcast, anywhere between how to market a single product to a ministry, 
to how to create a business in marketing, including how to make extra income. If you want to make extra income, we're going to cover different things in this podcast that will help you do that. I also currently have a very successful Amazon business. I sell in Amazon, not as an affiliate, but actually create products lines. We've been doing it for almost eight years. We've sold well over a million dollars of products on Amazon. Uh, I've gotten invited invited on several occasions to China to uh, teach on Amazon and to mentor as we go there and we source products and bring them back. So one of the things I do with a lot of the Christian singers is I help them with merch. I help them also fine-tune their message from stage uh, so that it lines up or I help line up the, uh, the find the, the merch that lines up with their message. I should better say because I'm not there to tweak their message. That's given to them by God. But I find the right merch that's a good fit. Um, I want to take the pressure off the churches when it comes to uh, giving donations to people who invite. And I would rather help the singer or the speaker find other ways to fund uh, their calling. And one of them is definitely merch. So we'll cover that and, you know, kind of how to sell and present merch to properly get people to purchase. So we'll cover all those things. Well, that's a long podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Please visit me uh, and at believermarketing.com. One of the things that we like to give away is a mini course on content marketing. Please follow us there. You'll be able to download and follow because that's one of the biggies. There's no shortcut to quality content for people. And by that mean, I mean, yes, there's actually shortcuts on how to get quality content. But what I'm saying is quality content. There's no way around quality content. You need quality content to be successful in all your marketing. With that, I sign off. Please subscribe to this podcast. Share your thoughts with me. Please share your thoughts with me. And visit us at BelieveYourMarketing.com. This is Raul Meza signing off. God bless you.